Hi, I'm TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I ask that you like, share, and comment on this video. Thanks for watching. All I got to say is, who that? Hey, don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And also want to give a special shout out to everybody that's listening and watching uh, on the Gumbo Pod platforms. Thank you all so much. Uh, before it gets started, um, I am happy to announce that today uh, we have launched a brand new website. That's right. Gumbopotsports.com is available right now. All right. Today is the first day. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, on Gumbopotsports.com, you'll be able to check out the audio versions of the State of the Saints podcast and the Gumbo Pot. And also, you'll be able to get different articles that I uh, that I write. And hopefully, uh, later on down the line, I can add some contributors there as well um got some articles that are out right now just wrote one about a uh, new edge rusher defensive end isaiah foskey for the new orleans saints and how i look at him as the possible successor to cam jordan and also uh just some of the reports about anthony richardson uh in practice for the very first time with the indianapolis coach so make sure that you check out gumbopiesports.com i got the link in the description you can subscribe to it uh you can get up-to-date information on that and also, if you want to check out the audio version of the State of the Saints podcast, you can just use that uh, platform in order to do so. So make sure that you check that out. But let's go ahead and uh, talk a little bit uh, about uh, the topic of the day, uh, breaking down the NFC South. Uh, we know that the NFL draft uh, was a couple weeks ago, and we're excited about the direction of our respective teams, no matter if you're a New Orleans Saints fan or you're watching this and uh, you're a fan of another team, uh, you're extremely excited about the possibilities of what your team can actually do. Um, there are some grades that have come out. We know how this goes sometimes. You know, we, we get happy about some of them. Uh, if you're a Saints fan, you're probably never happy about it because it seems like they're always uh, giving you the short end of the stick. But regardless, um, you know, you got some really good players that are going to change uh, the way that you look at these teams. I, I'm pretty sure if you're a Falcon fan, you're watching this right now, you're excited about adding B. John Robinson to your backfield with an already uh, polished uh, and really good uh, formidable running back in Tyler Algier, and then you have Cordell Patterson back there as well. Uh, if you are a Carolina Panthers fan, are you excited about Bryce Young? You're excited about Jonathan Mingo, uh, Jami Robinson, uh, the uh, safety out of Florida State. Um, there's so many good players. Uh, if you're a Saints fan, of course, you're excited about Brees. Uh, you know, you're excited about Foskey. You're excited about 
you know, Hayner, you're excited about A.T. Perry, uh, so many different guys that they have added to this team. Tampa Bay, probably the same way. You know, Kalaja Kansi, a lot of Saints fans wanted that guy. They got him. Uh, they also got uh, Mouch out there at the offensive line. He, he definitely looks like an offensive line missing those two front teeth. So the, the promise of what this season can actually be is pretty dope. All right. And, um, you know, regardless of what side that you're on, you got to be excited about the direction that your team is going in. Also, later on in the, on the podcast, we're going to have Emory Hunt uh, from CBS HQ. Uh, make sure y'all check that out. Uh, he's a native uh, New Orleanian, um, graduate of uh, Louisiana Lafayette, uh, played running back for them. Um, always excited to have Emory on the show. He's going to be talking to us a little bit about the NFC South and some of the other things that are going on around the NFL and uh, the college football world. But let's go ahead, because I want, what I wanted to do, I started a little bit earlier because I wanted to read some of your comments uh, before the interview takes place. So that's the reason why I decided to start early. And sometimes uh, when I when I put a notification out for the podcast, it's, it's mostly because, you know, I want to do it within that time frame. So if I, if I free up some time, I'm going to go ahead and press the live button a little bit early. So let me go ahead and read some of your comments and then we'll go ahead and get uh, started from there. Uh, it says, yo, yo, TJ and a who that crew, what it is, where you be at, who you be with. And you know, this hoping all is good with you and your families always hitting the like to show support. And I appreciate that, man. I ask that everybody hit the like button. Uh, we are very, very close to hitting 10,000 subscribers. Uh, and I appreciate that. It's been a long, hard road. And uh, everybody that hit that subscription button ever, I, I really do appreciate it. And I would really appreciate if you hit the like button on this episode. Uh, get two tight ends and sign a fullback. Pray for Alvin Kamara. Um, look, I, I, I think that the Saints are probably going to roll into camp to see what they actually have in the tight end position. I know sometimes like we want guys that have been proven commodities, and that's understandable. I know that you want to have a proven commodity. You want somebody that's going to come in that you recognize. But a lot of these guys, you know, they just need some reps and, and they also just need some experience. You know, I mean, it's hard for me to say, oh, the Saints need a tight end if I don't know what Lucas Crowell can be or have I, what I've seen from Jawan Johnson. Can he take that extra step? And so many, some of these other tight ends. So I'm, I'm willing to have a wait and see approach before I start, you know, being, you know, panicking about the tight end position because it was kind of like that you know when it came to the linebackers like we thought that we just needed to go out here and sign every linebacker that we can find but in reality uh we had the mario davis and p warner stepped up and you also had Caden ellis who stepped up so sometimes it just these guys need experience they need opportunities to to play in order for us to really put our mind at ease about where we are uh, as a fan base and where these guys are as players. So I just say I, I have to have a wait and see approach. It's hard for me to say that the Saints need a tight end if I haven't seen these guys play yet. Some of these guys can be what we want them to be. It's just they have to get an opportunity, right? I mean, I think about George Kittle. Like, George Kittle wasn't a first-round pick. I mean, George Kittle was a fourth, fifth-round pick. So I'm pretty sure – if you're a 49er fan during that time, you was like, man, I don't know about this dude, man. Maybe we need a tight end. You know, we ain't really had one since Vernon Davis, and now look at it. So you have to give these guys time and opportunity to prove themselves. It's not always going to come in a in a form of a first or a second-round pick. Sometimes the, the guys that are diamonds in the rough or even guys that haven't even been signed or drafted at all, right? Uh, the, these are the guys that we may just need to look at and have a little bit of faith in to see where they are, you know? I don't think that it's always warranted going out here and having an immediate response like, oh, man, we need a tight end. Well, maybe we don't. So I'm I'm, in, I'm interested to see where these guys are um, as far as their improvement. And um, if they are not where the Saints need them to be, then I feel like, you know, that's when you go out there and try to find one. <clears throat> we don't give a F – uh, what their grade us uh, Saints run this? Look, I don't, I don't really get into grades. I, I just feel like, in uh, all honesty, I feel like when it comes to grades, it's just stuff to put out there to try to get the uh, fan bases up in arms or extremely excited about what's going on. And I don't really get into it. You know, I understand why they do it, and you, the reality is, you don't know what the grade is, right? You can 
look at these guys and you can say, oh, well, they drafted this guy. But you got to take into account what this this person, this player could possibly be for this organization. So as far as you putting B minuses and A minuses, that's just like your your opinion about where you feel like the trajectory of these players are. And nobody knows until they actually hit the field. So to me, it's completely pointless. Like it's fun, of course, you know, to have these type of conversations. Always good to have water cooler talk, barbershop conversations about where your team is going or a rival team is going. But as far as getting grades and knowing it for sure, then everybody just kind of just spitballing this thing. So I don't really get into it like that. All these NFC uh, South teams got good. I uh, got to see how Derek Carr will play. He needs a change of scenery. I expect him to have a great season. Well, I think we all expect for Derek Carr, if you're a Saints fan, to have a great season. You know, I expect for him to actually improve the offense. I know that's not what everybody wants to hear. Some people get mad when, when I say those things. I don't care. I'm looking for Derek Carr to improve the Saints offense because the offense was not very good last year. You're averaging 19 points a game. That is not very good, right? So Derek Carr needs to come in and have a good command of the offense. And if you see his numbers statistically, his completion percentages over his career, you have to admit, even if you don't want to, that the offense should be more efficient. And I, I, I look, I, I understand that Derek Carr has not really had a, a, a good defense throughout his career. And that's a plus, right? That's a plus that he can actually come in with his experience. But I will say this, you know, Derek Carr didn't have a defense, but it wasn't always the defense was the reason why the uh, the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders weren't getting over the hump. So there were times where Derek Carr had some brain fart moments or he couldn't get them over the hump. Now, he has facilitated some comebacks, 33 in his career, and that's great. But – there have been times where the Raiders expected him to really go out there and, and put forth that effort, and he couldn't get it done. But more times than not, he did, you know, go out there and do some good things, and he also made some really good, uh, you know, receivers look even better. I mean, you look at Devontae Adams, 1,700 yards receiving, right? Uh, you, you look at uh, Jared Cook, got him paid. Um, Foster Monroe, you know, he probably would end up with the Saints. He had some really good seasons. Uh, Darren Waller really stepped out. Uh, Hunter Winfro, as a slot receiver, really stepped out, uh, proving himself. Uh, Henry Ruggs, before all that stuff went down, uh, he was out there, you know, trying to make plays. So he he can uh, make make the best of the situation, and he can uh, he can also elevate uh, receivers that you know may be bottom tier or even average you know he can actually get most out of them so that's what you want but at the same time you know you have a defense um you got some some really good players you got some talent around you so to me there's not many excuses that you can have or come up with that can say hey you know what's wrong with Derek Carr you know so you you got to be able to do that you got to be able to do it so um uh, this show is live. Thanks for being here, my brother. I'm off today so I can watch. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for watching, man. Uh, I'm going to put you on the big screen television and chill. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hit the big screen, so uh, I'm, I'm blessed for that. <laughs> uh, let's see who that nation y'all know how I roll. Says uh, I'm excited about the up and coming season. Hope we can take the NFC South back. <clears throat> well, there's a lot of teams that want to take the NFC South. There's some teams that want to uh, improve on the momentum that they have. Uh, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, uh, you lose a legendary quarterback like Tom Brady. Uh, you, you're relying on Baker Mayfield uh, to lead you. Uh, and, you know, you still want to build on that momentum, right? So uh, you also have the Carolina Panthers, who had a really good team last year. You know, they, they had some some struggles. You know, you're firing your coach. You have Steve Wills coming in as a as an interim uh, but they play really tough, man. They play really hard for uh, Steve Wilkes, and I, I don't expect for them just to take a step back. I think that they are a really good organization. They got a really good coach. He has a really good coaching staff, and I, I, I really believe that Bryce Young is the answer to the Carolina Panthers quarterback question. So uh, if you're a Saints fan, you're a Falcon fan, you're a Bucks fan, you're really going to have to step it up 
defensively, and you're definitely going to have to step it up offensively because if Bryce Young, the light starts to turn on for him, the wheels start to begin to turn, you're going to see, you know, the the same situation where you have, you know, a, 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 number, a quarterback that wears the number nine dominating the division for years to come. So th- these, these teams are going to have to step it up. Uh, moving on, it says, uh, in other words, what TJ is really saying is, F your feelings. Yeah, in other words, you know, not, not, I won't be as, as, you know, blunt as that, but to be quite honest, which I mean, I don't really get into those draft grades, to be honest with you, man. I don't. I don't get into the draft grades because I don't feel like that is the deciding factor. That's not going to help you, you know, like, like it's not going to decide, like, oh, this player is good, this player is great. Like, if you're sitting there getting mad or being worried about, some Tom, Dick, and Harry that just wrote an article and gave the Saints a B minus or gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers an A plus, and you feel like your team draft pick was better, like you're wasting your time. Like all this stuff is just opinionated, water cooler starting uh, banter that's out here. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is. Like that's that's all it is. Like so, why even concern yourself with that? Like nobody knows until these guys actually hit the field. Uh, relax, chill, and focus says, hey, TJ, do you think it's possible the Saints might trade AK? Um, nothing's out of the realm of possibility, um, you know, but I don't see that happening. I don't understand why, but I will say this, and I'm going to continue to say this. Um, if the New Orleans Saints uh, continue to use Alvin Kamara like they used him last year, then you need to go ahead and trade because Alvin Kamara is too talented of – a running back and he possesses too many skills for the saints to be running him like he Edgar Bennett or, or Jerome Bettis or, you know, like one of those other power backs that they had back in the day, Earl Campbell or something like that's just not him. Like, can he run in between the tackles? Yes, he can. But doing it like the smash my way, 1995 Bam Morris Pittsburgh Steeler type stuff. Nah, that ain't it, bro. Like that's not his, his game. Like this guy has so many facets to his game. It's doing him a disservice just having him going up the middle with a halfback dive, not utilizing stretch plays, not uh, uh, setting up screens for him to do. Like stuff like that, it's, it's an embarrassment. It's sad. Like to actually see this guy that you know is so talented. Like we've seen like Alvin Kamara catch passes like a wide receiver on wheel routes and stuff like that, and you're using him right up the middle. So to me, if you're going to continue to use Alvin Kamara like this, let them go to another team where they know how to utilize him. I say trade him if you're going to use him like that. But if you're going to use him the right way and build off the momentum that he has set for the what the six years that he's been in the National Football League, then I'm all for it. But if you're going to use him like you did last year and if P. Carmichael can't get it together as a play caller, then I feel that they need to go ahead and trade him. You know, allow him to go out here and and – and, and, you know, play out the rest of his career utilizing the talents that he has. I mean, you, you see the Carolina Panthers did the same thing with Chris McCaffrey. They traded him, right? And you see what he's doing out there in San Francisco. So, you know, if you're not going to use Alvin Kamara in the way that he should be used, then I feel like you need to uh, move on from him. Uh, but uh, we have our guest here uh, on the State of the Saints podcast uh, from CBS uh, Sports HQ. Uh, he's been on the show before. Once again, uh, a, a native New Orleanian like myself, a uh, raging Cajun out in this thing, uh, doing a really good job for CBS uh, Sports HQ, Mr. Emery Hunt. Emery, how you doing? I'm doing fine, man. As always, I appreciate you bringing me on. Man, appreciate your time, man. I know you're extremely busy, man. The draft just happened. Uh, so many, so much news going on uh, with these uh, these young players uh, getting acclimated to uh, their professional teams. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started. I, I want to ask you uh, about the NFC South. Of course, we'll just start with the Carolina Panthers. First pick overall, Bryce Young. Uh, I mean, checks all the boxes, even though people have those questions about his height. But what are your thoughts about the Carolina Panthers drafting Bryce Young? And in your mind, was it any doubt that he would have been the first pick overall? You know, I, I, one of the things that I've said since Ben, size is not a scale so him going first overall didn't bother me at, you know again i remember i, I grew up in the era uh, you know i played against lanaris lp so we, <laughs> we've, been, we've been on five you know whatever quarterbacks 
balling out there for for a right. team. But I, I I didn't have a problem with it. The only I would have probably thought Stroud would have gone first because of the the quarterback room that's around. You know Frank Wright right. and Josh McCown and you know um, uh, you know Coach uh, I forget his name that with the with the Lions. It's now Coach. Um, Oh, Caldwell, Coach Caldwell. Caldwell. Yeah, Jim Caldwell, yeah. Working with the quarterback. So I just thought Stroud looks like the type that they usually work with, but mm -hmm. definitely didn't have a problem with, with Young because I had all those three quarterbacks graded the same. I think he'll hit the ground running, man. So, you know, I'm glad things worked out for him because he's going to a spot where Carolina has some talent. We saw this last year and how they competed down the stretch, and it's about whether or not they have someone that has a steady hand that's all they need was someone to not turn the ball over and be reckless. I think they can get steady play from Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, the Frank Wright came out and said, you know, that he's like the third quarterback on the depth chart. You got <laughs> Andy Dalton, you got Matt Carroll, and you got Bryce Young. How much of this do you feel like it's just lip service? Do you really feel like they really believe in their heart of hearts that Bryce Young is the number three quarterback? And do you see him? him uh being the starting quarterback week one yeah, absolutely he's gonna be the starting quarterback week one and they don't believe that he's the number three quarterback <laughs> but it's gonna be funny to watch how uh, someone like matt corral responds because mm -hmm. if you're him they drafted me last year uh i thought i was gonna be the heir apparent under the old regime mm -hmm. and now there's a new class in so he has all the incentive to try to outperform cool. bryce young and then was gonna be you know fascinating to watch is can he play himself into a valuable commodity for a team that's going to be looking for a young quarterback and therefore he can be put on the move. But Bryce Young will be their day one starter because he's not better than Bryce Young. Um, and you can't have two young guys on the roster, essentially two rookies, because he really his rookie year was cut short because of injury. But right. Bryce Young will be the starter. Dalton will be the backup. And depending on how he plays, we may see Matt Corral be put on the move. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard some stories about Matt Corral, you know, possibly being on a trading block. You know, I mean, he didn't really have an opportunity to really show what he had. He got injured like so early in the season. He was lost for the year, put on IR. So, like you said, it should be interesting to see what Corral can actually do, because, I mean, he came out with a lot of hype. You know, a lot of people thought that, you know, he would be a top pick, didn't end up being that way. But, I mean, he still has a chance to prove himself. Let's let's go ahead and move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they they select Kalaja Kansi uh, out of Pittsburgh, which was a, kind of a shock to a lot of people, Emory, because a lot of people thought they needed a quarterback. Yeah, they got Baker Mayfield from the Rams, but, you know, there's so many unanswered questions about Baker. And you had Will Levis that was dropping in the draft. How shocked were you that they didn't decide to go with a guy like Levis, but instead uh, went to an interior guy like Kalaja Kansi? Mm -hmm. More shocked that they went with Cansey. Um, I, I didn't expect him to take a, a guy like Levis. They in their mind, they're probably thinking, well, Mayfield is better than Levis, so mm. he might as well roll that. But then you're dealing with a defensive minded head coach, so he's going to always think defense first, right. and so that part wasn't shocking. What was, what was shocking was that they didn't go corner, considering how, how many lengthy corners were on the board and knowing that they have a type. In the secondary, but they went with Cansey, and we'll see what Cansey can do um, on the interior. Now, it's gonna he's gonna probably be someone that's situationally moved around. You know, he's not gonna play a three technique. Sometimes you may see him lined up as a five. Sometimes you right. may see him as a stand up edge guy. Uh, but in order for him to play consistently on the interior, it's gonna have to be better in terms of getting off uh, double teams or, or fighting through you know contact better with with powerful offensive linemen. That's where he kind of lacked. Uh, at Pitt, but he's quick off the ball. He's explosive. He can close. And so they can envision him being someone they can utilize in a multitude of ways. And so we'll see how that manifests itself out there on the field. But I thought they could have gone offensive line. They could have gone receiver. Um, to your point, they could have gone quarterback. I thought maybe this was a it could have been a potential spot, maybe a hidden hooker. Uh, but this is another team that drafted a young quarterback a couple years ago, right, wrong, and different. Um, they want to give that kid a chance to play in the preseason and see what he could do. But it, mostly these guys will play themselves out the, out the role and it'll be Baker's job uh, from day one. Yeah. I mean, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, I mean, is, is, is not a quarterback room, you know, that's going to 
you know, incite any fear in, in any team that's in the NFC South. So I'm I'm just a little bit confused about that. Um, I'm not the biggest Levitt fan at all. Um, not really shocked that he dropped like the way that he did. I feel like it was a little bit more hype than anything at all. Then, you know, looking at his tape, looking at what he did at Kentucky, some really good things, but they have some not so good things. So I, I, I'm not, I don't know why they wouldn't try to get a quarterback, even move up. I mean, you've seen in the draft, so many uh, teams moved up. You would have thought like they would have went that way too, but it, I guess it just shows us that they believe in Baker Mayfield. And then also, you know, in the second round, they got a uh, Cody Mouch out of North Dakota state, a uh, big guy. So, I mean, they addressed the offensive line right there as well. So uh, Tampa, they still got some questions, but I guess they feel like they're set. Uh, let's go ahead and move on with the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, uh, they didn't go quarterback either. It seemed like they're, they're they believe in Desmond Ritter. Uh, Desmond Ritter came in a little bit later in the season after uh, Marcus Mariota struggled a little bit. Uh, throwing a football from the ground definitely will get you benched. Um, but you know they decided to get B. John Robinson, man, the, the the human highlight reel. Some people are saying that he's one of the best running back prospects in Saquon Barkley. Uh, you had opportunity to interview B. John Robinson uh, at the combine. Uh, tell us a little bit about B. John and what you learned from him, and what can he bring to the Falcons organization? You know, he's someone that was was cool to talk to, real humble dude. Um, has a great perspective on the game in, in terms of, you know, when, when guys are asked what they what were parts of their game that they can improve, mm-hmm. you see some guys kind of shy away from the question or don't really want to, you know, they view having a weakness or a perceived weakness as a overall weakness, but we all can improve in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look, when we were talking to him, he, he brought up, you know, how he wanted to be better as a receiver. So after practice, he will work with his receivers coach and running backs coach on running routes, receiver yeah. routes, and not just the standard back routes that you ask to run. But he was getting downfield and trying to learn how to be a better route runner. And then at times at Texas, we saw that manifest itself out there on the field. They'll throw him in a slot, and he's able to beat guys deep down the field. So right. the fact that he understood an area where he had to get better, an area where he can enhance his game. And so when you think about this, now as a pro player and okay how can they get both him and Algier on the field at the same time is that a possibility well yeah it's definitely a possibility not just from a run game standpoint but also from hey this is a mismatch because we could flex him out and now you're either going to put a linebacker out there that he's going to beat or you're going to put a safety out there which now makes this run game even better because now we have an advantage in terms of who we're facing uh, in the box and also as an alley defender. So he does give you a lot of flexibility. I thought the Falcons probably were going to go wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigba was sitting right there. And now you can imagine mm-hmm. him, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Uh, and, and, you know, you kind of could work with the backfield that you had last year that ran for over a thousand yards with Algier as a rookie. But I understand not passing on the talent and the versatile skill set of a B. John Robinson. Yeah, I mean, looking at B. John, he checks all the boxes. You know, he reminds me a little bit of LaDamian Tomlinson, his ability to be able to do so many different things. And uh, I think that he definitely deserves to be drafted as early as he did. But my question is, can you really trust Desmond Ritter? You know, I think that he has some really good leadership qualities. I think that he did some some good things, you know, when he got the opportunity to start. The more reps he gets, I feel like he'll get a little bit better. But this this shows, once again, a team that believes in, in the quarterback that they have on their team. And also, you know, you, you have to think about Cadell Patterson. How, how is he going to fit in? Is he going to play more of that wide receiver role? Because, you know, it was just, it was Tyler Algier and it was Cadell Patterson. And Patterson uh, was really making some noise in the backfield. You know, I can remember watching him in week one versus the Saints. I mean, he was running all over the team. So, I'm wondering, like, what do you feel like Cordell Patterson will fit in all of this? Do you feel like he will uh, be a part of that backfield or maybe go back to his uh, role as the wide receiver? I think adding a B. John Robinson along with the Tyler Algier can help extend, extend Patterson's you know usage all throughout the season because he's been banged, banged up a couple times. Mm-hmm. So he'll miss a few games. But now well, you don't have to worry about him being, you know, getting the, the, the workload that your RB2 is going to get you know, now you can kind of use him as the knockout blow because mm-hmm. you're, you're chasing around uh, Bijan. You're trying to tackle 
uh, physically Algier. And then by the mid-third quarter, early fourth quarter, here comes Patterson, still has the fresh legs from the first quarter, and he's, boom, out the gate. So I think how they plan to use him is going to be kind of unique. It's going to kind of help prolong his his opportunities, his explosiveness all throughout the the uh, the, the rest of the season. Yeah, I look at Patterson almost like how the Saints have Taysom Hill. You know, I mean, if they, you know, have like these uh, running backs that Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, when they're clicking, I mean, you add in a little bit of Taysom Hill, I mean, it it, it becomes virtually unstoppable. So with Patterson being added to that room, he can do so many different things. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to be able to utilize him. But we know that they're going to run a football. Arthur Smith uh, has a history of, uh, you know, making sure that they run the football. We've seen it with Derrick Henry. We was, he was out there with the Titans. So you know that they want to run the football. And with B. John Robinson and Algier, it's going to be a dangerous one-two punch in Atlanta. Uh, but but finally, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, got Brian Brees, a defensive tackle out of Clemson in the first round. And they also got Isaiah Fowski, uh, the defensive end out of Notre Dame, uh, in the second round. Um, it, the Saints are definitely trying to address uh, the defensive line. They've had some issues. They they counted on some guys like Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport. Hasn't really uh, turned out the way that they wanted. Davenport is now with the Vikings. Peyton Turner is a, a pending product. Uh, what do you think about the Saints' first two picks with, with Brees and uh, Fowski? And uh, what does this say that the Saints are trying to do in 2023? Well, that was one of the glaring needs that they had going into the draft. You didn't see any depth along that defensive line, especially on the defensive interior. And being able to get someone like Brian Brissy where they did, that's a home run. And, you know, this dude is a legit top 10 talent. And I know people will look at last year and judge him off that, but he was coming off of an injury that he tore his ACL in 2021 in the season, I want to say week three against Georgia. So he's working back from that. And he had, you know, he lost his sister uh, this season as well. So he had life issues going on. Yeah. And that explains yeah. the, the, the drop off in productivity. But you go back and watch him at his healthiest. This dude can play across the front. He's strong at the point of attack. He has great hand usage. He can collapse the pocket. He can pressure the quarterback. He plays great versus the run. This was a home run pick. And so for me, getting that guy is a frontline starter and allows you now to use Foskey as a, depth guy i think he's more of a depth guy to help bridge that gap from their frontline pass rushers as opposed to someone uh, he's a little tight-hipped in my opinion so i think working in reserve is going to be best for him and you still have to hold out hope for peyton turner you know i was more high on turner than i was on davenport davenport you like the pieces that he put together on paper right. uh, but as the football player it, it didn't come together consistently you saw flashes and turner had the, the better football skill wasn't the type of athlete that Davenport was, but we hadn't seen the football yet because he's been banged up and injured. So, yeah. you know, you hope something clicks with him because they still have some question marks depth-wise there. Uh, but if he comes along and now Fosse can kind of learn on the fly and be a situational guy with Brissy holding down, I think he's going to be a stud day one. I think defensive front seven looks a lot better uh, than it did going into the draft. Yeah, uh, I, w I do want to talk about the third round pick, uh, Kendra Miller um, out of TCU. Um, end up getting injured in the semifinal game versus Michigan. Didn't take a part in the national championship game. But uh, this guy comes with a lot of swag and confidence. Um, the New Orleans Saints uh, spoke to him. The media spoke to him. And he said he has a lot of respect for Alvin Kamara, but he's not coming here to be a backup. You know, He has that type of confidence. But you, you look at the Saints running back room, they had a lot of issues last year. It was a lot of plug and play uh, in the middle of the season. They got David Johnson. They got Eno Benjamin. But now it just seems like they got some guys that can really uh, make some moves. Uh, you got Jamal Williams coming from Detroit, uh, led the NFL in rushing touchdowns among running backs with 17. Uh, you got Miller and you got Kamara. Um, you look at the running back room. Can this be an issue? I mean, I think about back in the day when the Saints – Back in 2017, they had Kamara, they had Adrian Peterson, and they had Mark Ingram. Uh, how do you see this panning out? Do you see any of these individuals possibly being on the move? Um, it's, it's funny because, like, you see a, a type developing, right? They go out mm -hmm. and get Jamal Williams. Then they go and draft Kendra Miller, you know, two big big backs, you know, and Miller has much more burst than uh, Williams. 
but you see multiple big backs on the roster. Is that where they want to go uh, more so than Kamara? Are they trying to prolong Kamara or are they trying to put Kamara on the move? I like the confidence that, that Miller threw out there. Um, you know, but it, when you hear it, it's like, you just kind of say, I, I hear you, man. Like, that's, <laughs> that's all right. You know what I'm saying? But like, you tripping. But, you know, and I would also keep an eye out for undrafted rookie free agent, Sir Roderick Thompson. He is another one that I just love watching him run. Yeah, it you takes know, his take. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he, I was out there at the NFL PA Bowl. Mm-hmm. He had a fantastic week out there. Then he got the call up to the Senior Bowl and, you know, late call up and he was able to produce there as well, too. So he is someone that, that has quicks. He may not have the long speed, but his short area quickness and burst is something to you know, keep an eye on. But I feel like, this Kamara situation is tenuous. We don't know how many games, if any, he'll be suspended. What kind of favor he is in with, you know, the coaching staff or whatnot. Cause you go and get it back in the third round after you pay free agent money to Jamal Williams. It's kind of saying like, Hey man, um, you know, we, we are either with you or you're going to be uh, shipped out of here. So we'll see, even though he's a really good player, and he works best off of off a compliment, and maybe that's just what they plan to do. Okay, now we're rotate Miller and Williams while keeping Kamara fresh, and I think that's going to be the role that he'll be in because we saw last year when Kamara, or in, all throughout his career, when he had to be the lead dog, at times it just didn't work out. He'll have flashes of great games, but he's best served when he's running sidecar with another tailback, so that's probably why they want to double up on a position. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that the Saints needed to do. Um, The way that they use Alvin Kamara, I was talking about this earlier in the show, they use him like he Earl Campbell or Jerome Bettis or something, running him up the middle constantly. And they they got away from the screen game. They got away from the wheel routes. They got away from the things that made Alvin Kamara special. So hopefully with the addition of Miller and Williams, he can get back to being that dominant running back that can do a multifaceted of things to help the Saints uh, get over the hump. Uh, my final question is to you is about two individuals, um, Dennis Allen, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and Derek Carr, uh, who recently signed with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, two guys that have something to prove. Uh, a lot of excuses, in my opinion, about why their careers haven't turned out the way that they have. In your opinion, is this like the final it, – it, is, is this like the determining factor to finally decide? Is Dennis Allen the right guy for the job? And also with Derek Carr, is this the the final uh, statement to say that are you elite or are you not or are you know what's going on here? So what what are, what are your thoughts about these two individuals, and could they be on their last leg? I, I feel like for you know Dennis Allen, it, it's probably his last opportunity to be a head coach. If it, if he bottoms out here, he won't get another opportunity. And some guys are just better at coordinating a defense or coordinating an offense. And so I think personally, I think that's where he's best suited. Um, I just feel like he's more focused on the defensive side and wants to leave the offense to the offensive guys. But as a head coach, you got to be a, a, a great leader, a great delegator. And I, I just feel like he's so focused on one thing and doesn't really want the head coach responsibilities. So, I think this season will show that. Um, and as for Carr, Carr is 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 interesting. It, you know, Carr and uh, Dalton are, are similar in a lot of ways. And Dalton at his peak probably was a little bit better. Think about what he was doing with Cincinnati and getting those teams. That, like you never worried about whether or not Cincinnati was going to the playoffs. The question was mm-hmm. whether or not they were going to win in the mm-hmm. playoffs. You know what I'm saying? And with the Raiders – they had issues making the playoffs. And if you're <laughs> supposed to be the good, you know, the superseder of talent, you're supposed to drag that team to the playoffs, right? But mm-hmm. I feel like Carr can play well when everything goes great. The problem is that's not how football is played, and right. things are not going to go great. They had opportunities last year uh, to close out games and where he took just some bad, horrible sacks. And so, and, and people forget, Carr can get out and move. He's an athlete. So right. it's like, why are you taking these sacks? The lane is right there. Take yeah. those cheap five yards, slide, and live the play of the day. Don't take the sack in the situation. So you could you used to see the frustration from Josh McDaniels on the sideline. Like, what are you doing right there? <laughs> it's very Kirk Cousins like, where Cousins will take a sack, or instead of stepping up and get through the the, the pocket, he'll throw the check down on third and twelve. It's like, right. man, like you gave us no shot. 
So it, it's it's going to be tough for Carr because again, he's he's a and people take this term as a negative term, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you, it's not negative. He's an average quarterback. I think he is what <laughs> every NFL quarterback average should be. Like you know, that's the baseline. You can't be worse than Derek Carr. Carr should be the floor for what anybody playing quarterback in the NFL should be. Hmm. But I think in terms of him, like you, him and Cousins in the same in a, in peak Andy Dalton, they're all the same. Like six, <laughs> right? They're right there. Like they can play well, but they can't. You know, they're not elevators. You know what I mean? Right. They're kind of like bus drivers. You know, they don't they don't really push the bus. They, they you know they it's kind of like you know there's someone that just kind of just can play when things are going great. So I said all yeah. that to say, I hope it works out for him because I just mm-hmm. feel like you know. The Saints fans will be in for disappointment in certain games where you know you you're wondering why he's not making the throw or getting out the way or getting out the pocket or extending the play, things that he can do, but he just doesn't do it on a consistent basis. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I I know what you're talking about. I mean, they got some highs, they got some lows. When it's high, is like really high. When it's low. Is really low. Um, to me, there's been a lot of excuses. Oh, he don't. He never had a really good defense. Oh, he never really had a dominant player. But you had Adams last year, didn't make the playoffs. There was some times where you needed to put the team on your back and you didn't. So still some unanswered questions. As far as Dennis Allen, in my opinion, last year you can make an excuse about, oh, these were Sean, players, uh, Sean Payton's coaches and this was his staff and you would kind of plug and play. The Saints allowed him to go out here, get the coaching staff that he wanted, draft the players that he wanted. So where's the excuses? And then on top of that, you're not playing a first-place schedule here. You're playing maybe like a third-place, you know, fourth-place schedule in the eyes of the NFL. So to me, if Dennis Allen can't get the job done, then maybe the Saints, like you said, may need to look uh, in a different direction. But uh, Emory, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the State of Saints podcast, Gumbo Pie Sports podcast. Really do appreciate it. Uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. They can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. They can still pick up the Football Game Plan 2023 Draft Guide, largest draft guide in existence as scouting reports. Over a thousand scouting reports. So if you really want to know about these undrafted free agents that the Saints picked up and how they can fit in or what they are able to do, pick up that draft guide, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Best money you ever spent. And it's a PDF, yeah, it's a PDF mm-hmm. file. Is not a full book, you know, because if it was a full <laughs> book, I'd have to charge you a thousand dollars for the doggone book. It's a PDF. Wow. Don't send me an email saying I'm waiting on my book to arrive at my address. It's not going to arrive at your address because it's a PDF. <laughs> it's coming right to you in your your inbox as soon as you place your order. All right. Yeah. Make sure you check that out. Uh, you know, and and find out about some of these players. You know, a lot of these undrafted guys. You know, that that kind of slide under the radar. Um, you know, we find diamonds in the rough. The Saints found Rashid Shahid. I'm thinking they're probably going to find that in Shaq Davis, uh, the wide receiver out of South Carolina State, who really made some waves, probably single-handedly destroyed my Jack State Tigers a couple of years ago in that championship game. But, um, yeah, and so many other players. So make sure that you uh, pick up that draft guide. Emory, thank you so much for your time. Uh, don't be a stranger, and uh, look forward to uh, hearing your commentary and also seeing you down the line, man. Appreciate it, man. Keep doing great work, man. All right. You take it easy. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's Emory Hunt right there. Shouts out to that brother, man, coming on the show. Man, make sure y'all y'all pick up that uh, draft guide. Once again, great information. I mean, all about it, it gives you that information about uh, the players that you you know you may know, may not know. Uh, make sure that you check that out. I'm going to read some of your comments, then we're going to go ahead and uh, exit stage left. Let's see what we got. I hope that everybody enjoyed uh, the interview. If you enjoyed the interview, go ahead and give it a thumbs up. Go ahead and give it a thumbs up. Make sure you hit that like button if you enjoyed the interview. If you feel like it was informative, no matter what what side of fence you're on, I, I, I know I've seen in the chat some Buccaneer fans came through, Falcon fan came through. Uh, if you enjoyed the commentary, make sure that you hit that thumbs up. And uh, let's go ahead and say, is Atlanta going to run the wishbone and give a 40 a game? <laughs> Falcons will be second or third place. Uh, the Falcons will be dead last. We got the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Bucks. How I think the division will play out this year. Okay, we got Ryan Tannehill is not the man in Tennessee anymore, and his money is too big to pay. So 
That's why the Texans took a chance on Will Levis. Well, I ain't never really been that high on Ryan Tannehill. Like, the, the Tennessee Titans had a window, right? And Ryan Tannehill, to me, was the reason why they couldn't break through that window. They had opportunities. And um, it's unfortunate uh, because they had a really good team. And now, you know, you, you got Derrick Henry. I mean, all those carries, I mean, he's starting to get worn down. You see him getting injured and stuff like that. I think he's still going to be a force because, I mean, the guy is huge. But, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, I still feel like they they missed their, their opportunity. But... I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Miss Barbara, it ain't. Uh, it doesn't matter as long as the Saints are in first place to win the division. Says, uh, I think the Saints draft was like y'all was watching the Falcons draft. Says, uh, Johnny Ringo, I think you on to something. I can see them under center for them uh, squads opening day. I'm going to stroll down a little bit. Stroll down a little bit uh, to Johnny. Johnny says, I don't think anyone can make an assessment on any Raiders players until they are not a Raider. The Raiders are a 30 and 40 year catastrophe. Well, look, I, I feel like this. Yeah, they, they are what you would like to call, as far as the organization, a purgatory. Right. We, we've seen this. We've seen it with Warren Sapp. We've seen it with uh, Randy Moss. Um, Richard Seymour was able to rise above it. But I mean, he was basically. You know, a, a beautiful daisy in a field full of vines. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's kind of what it was. But, you know, I mean, this is an opportunity for Derek Carr. You know, this is an opportunity. And once again, when you come to an organization or you come to a situation that is better and you're supposed to be on par, right? You're supposed to be that dude. You're supposed to be that guy. Um, You got to be able to rise above it. So the the the... The excuses that has held you back and the reason why you couldn't be MVP and the reason why you couldn't throw 5,000 yards and the reason why you ain't never make the playoffs or win a playoff game was because of the team around you. Well, you got your team. You got a team that has a really good defense um, for the last couple of years. I mean, we haven't played 2023, so who knows? But for the most part, we have seen a team that has a really good defense, a really good coordinator, uh, uh, and a head coach like uh, Dennis Allen. And uh, you no longer have an excuse anymore. So if Derek Carr doesn't perform at a high level in 2023, I think we have to look at him a little bit differently because you no longer have that that Raider, you know, that, that Raider little stigma on you. You know what I'm saying? Now we have to look at you as a player. So you, you got to step it up. You got to get it done. It, it's just that simple. Uh, talking about fire the cannons, keep pounding and rise up. No wonder they are delusional. Um, well, look, they got some lot, they got a lot of positive things to be positive about, Jerry. You know, like just like you know, a Falcon fan. I mean, look, B. John Robinson is to me the best running back in the draft, and I think that he's gonna make some noise. Uh Drake London played pretty well. Kyle Pitts probably gonna play better. You know, like they they got some pieces and they're adding guys to the team. Uh Trey Flowers is a guy, you know, has been around seasoned veteran, big long cornerback. Uh, you know, so, I mean, they're, they're adding guys, Jesse Bates, Davion Yamada, you know, Caden Ellis, you know, like we, we know what these guys can be because they were that for the Saints. So, I mean, they, they've gotten better. And as far as with Carolina, I mean, Carolina with, with the team that they had last year, I want people to understand this, right? Not being a homer here. Last year, as bad as they were supposed to be, they still swept the Saints, right? Tampa swept, well, yeah, they swept the Saints. The only team that the, the that didn't get swept, you know, the, by I guess the um, the only team that the Saints won in the division was the Falcons. So, I mean, come on, man! Like we can't just sit up here, like we can't sit up here and just wave the pom pom for the Saints and not just realize that the Saints got some issues too. I'm not gonna do that. Everybody knows I'm a big, huge Saints fan. Love the New Orleans Saints, but let's just be real. If I'm looking at it, I'm not looking at it like the Saints is going to dominate the division. I mean, I like Derek Carr, and I think that, you know, he'll play well. But come on, man. The Saints lost to the Carolina Panthers, and Sam uh, Sam Donald threw for 43 yards. Like, come on, man. So we got some issues that we need to address as well as Saints fans. So I'm not going to – if they're optimistic about what their season is, I, I can't blame them. If they feel like they can beat the Saints, that's not out of the realm of possibility, not from what I seen last year. Right. And to be quite honest with you, I don't really have that much faith in Dennis Allen as a coach. So 
if I'm just doing this and I'm just saying that the Saints is going to dominate the division, it's just the home inside of me. And I don't want to just look at it that way. Like, I, I don't trust Dennis Allen to lead the Saints anywhere because he hasn't shown it. If we're, if we, we got to have this conversation here. I think somebody was talking about the tight end position. And my response to them was, well, you feel like we don't have a tight end because you haven't seen it. Well, I feel the same way when it comes to the head coach. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So for me to sit up here and just say, oh, the Saints going to dominate, that's just me being a homer. Like, there's nothing about Dennis Allen to me that instills a level of confidence where I can just walk out here and beat on my chest and say we're going to dominate this division. It's not. I'm not. I can't do it. Now, do I feel like the Saints are going to get better? Yes. Do I feel like based on the schedule that, that is supposed to come out and generate, it works in the Saints' favor? Yes. But you got to play the games. You got to play the games. Like, how many times have we seen the New Orleans Saints supposed to beat a team and don't get it done? And then by them not beating the team, they find themselves on the outside looking in on the playoffs. Now, we, we can't play that game. We can't play that game. This division is wide open. You had three seven and ten teams, and what you had a team, you know what I'm saying, that barely made the playoffs, and in any other world, any other year, wouldn't have been sniffing it. So this was a division that was just equally trash. Equally trash. So if you have optimistic going into 2023, it's because of what 2022 showed you. I can't do that. I won't do it because I don't believe in Dennis Allen as a head coach. Now, Jerry's still out about him. Got his opportunity to really show what he can do. Adding players that he want to add. Added coaches that he want to add. Cool. Now it's time to put in the work. So if you don't put in the work, guess what? It's time for you to go. It's just that simple. The Saints can, the Saints can try to pretend and act as if, you know, Dennis Allen is the answer after this season. <clears throat> if they find themselves 6-11 and 11 and 7-10 and 10 all they want to, but they're just going to get pushed further and further back from finding progress. So this is Dennis, to me, this is Dennis Allen's last opportunity. Because they're like, if you're a real true Saints fan, real true, Saints fan, like you got to be real about this situation. You got to keep it 100. Like there's nothing. If if the Saints don't make the playoff this season, there's nothing that Mickey Loomis, Dennis Allen can sell you for you to believe truly that these guys are the answer. Not anymore. So they got to prove it. Uh, haven't we already seen Dennis Allen and Derek Carr together? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we yeah we have. Yeah, TJ, I just never liked Dennis Allen for the well look and everything. He be saying uh, he just not that guy. Look, I, I just feel like this. I give dude, I, I give the guy the opportunity. I will give him the opportunity. As, as a fan, as an onlooker, as a writer, as a podcaster, I'll give him a chance. Um, but I'm not going to sit up here and pretend. Like, seriously, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend that this dude, like, just instills confidence. I don't care who they get. Like, seriously. I don't care. I don't care if they, they they talk Drew Brees out of retirement. I still don't believe in this dude, like because he hasn't shown anything. Anybody that believes, like, is out here talking about what Dennis Allen can do, or believes in Dennis Allen and trying to feed it to you, they they some do boys. Seriously, no disrespect, but you're a do boy. If you're not going to look at what's in front of you, right, and, and have an honest assessment and really look at it and say, hey, I don't think that's what it is. If you're feeding that, then that's what you call an agenda, who that nation is an agenda. There's not one person that can sit up here and honestly say 100% that they believe in Dennis Allen. I mean, maybe his wife and his kids, which they should, but as, as a, if you're a fan or a member of the organization, like you can't just sit up here and just say, man, with Dennis Allen, we're going to the, to the Super Bowl. Can't. And I, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, I ain't, they ain't got enough. They ain't got enough liquor in New Orleans. <laughs> they ain't got enough, uh, you know, uh, smoky smoky in California for me to believe that. Seriously. Uh, Mr. T trying to uh, switch in that in the other way around. Uh, let's see. Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Panthers. Well, we'll see. Um Ty Bowles, I don't believe in him either. You know, seriously, I don't believe in Ty Bowles. Like Ty Bowles was the coach for the Jets. 
I think both of these guys are really good coordinators, not really good head coaches. If we want to be, we want to keep it 100, Frank Wright is the best head coach in this division. Right? I mean, everything else is just a toss-up. Arthur Smith looks like he knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, he kind of, I feel like, you know, he eventually going to get it together. But Frank Wright, the best coach in this division. You know, Ty Bowles, Dennis Allen, to me, at the bottom. Right? You probably put Arthur Smith in there because I feel like he kind of know what he's doing. But it's like Frank Reich up here and everybody else down here somewhere. Now, you just got to keep it a buck, man. If the Saints or the Bucks, if they're going to win the division or go further, it's probably going to be because they their locker room stays together, the leadership steps up, but it's not going to be from anything either one of those guys say. Uh, let's see. Uh, give DA the exact amount of rope. That gave Eric the enemy, how, however you spell it. Uh, you telling the truth, TJ, and Big Q don't like Dennis Allen either. I don't want to say I don't like Dennis Allen. I, I mean, I ain't got nothing against him. I'm just going by what I see. See, my problem is when people are not going by what they see, but they just putting it out there, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get you want to instill a level of confidence. You got a job to do, but I'm not doing it. I don't have to. Like, I don't have to do that. I don't want to do it, you know, like, and I understand what, what comes with it. I understand what comes with it, who that nation probably won't ever see me in a, in a Saints locker room, but I don't care if that means that I have to fabricate things or stretch it or make it sound nice. I'm good. I'm good, man. That's not going to stop me from doing whatever I need to do. Right. But I'm going to tell you the truth. This ain't it. This, what, what they have shown is not it. Now, can it improve? Yes. You know, can, can can you get better? Yes. Am I optimistic that it can happen? Yes, I am. Not mad at it. Feel like it can happen. But you got to get it done, man. You got to get it done. Seriously. Like, because once again, if they don't get it done, there's nothing that they can do to try to repair the relationship between a who that nation and Dennis Allen. Simply. You got to make the playoffs, man. You got to make the playoffs. I'm not even on the division because here's the thing. I don't feel that there are seven teams. If the Saints, everything works out. If they go out there and play and everybody stays relatively healthy, I don't feel like there are seven teams better than the Saints in the NFC. Do I feel like the Saints top five team in the NFC? No, I do not. But do I feel like they can get into the playoffs? Yes, I do. Do I feel like this, the, the schedule that is going to come out can work in their favor? Yes. I don't feel like there are seven teams better than the Saints. I do not. So with that being said, you got to go out there and make the playoffs, man. Like, come on, man. We, we got it, man. Let, let's, stop, let's stop joking around and stop playing around here. Like, this is real talk right here. You know, like, man, I, I can't, you, you can't sugarcoat this. This is what happened when a Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers fan tried to take over but failed. Yeah, man, look, all I know is everybody has issues. Like, you sitting up here towing the line and talking about your team just going to be superior to the other one, then you you absolutely crazy. Three teams had a record of 7-10, and 10, which means that three teams were off. And if you want to add the team that won a division, it's, it's kind of like, to me, the division is almost like at a wedding when, you know, when the bride – Tosses behind her back. She tosses the bouquet and people just catch it. Somebody going to catch it, right? Somebody going to catch it, right? You know, like, that, that's just how it is. Like, somebody going to make the playoffs. That's kind of how it is. So, if you like, man, we we won a division. Like, you proud of that, man? Like, honestly. Like, I, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Good T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? You can brag and boast, you know? And, and I guess as time go on, nobody will remember how you did it. But I don't care about that. Like, at this point, I don't care about the division. Now, the division can help you. You can get a home playoff game. That's cool. But I'm more concerned about this team making the playoffs. I don't care how. I just want to see them make the playoffs. Because they should make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, then we got a problem. Because you're telling me that seven teams are better than you. Seven. So with that being said, you know, it's time for somebody to go. Heads need to roll. Because ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to be spending their hard-earned money going up in there. I'm telling you. People, people morale as Saints fans 
was low. Falcon fans, morale was low. You know, Bucks fans was low. Panthers fans, I feel like they was kind of optimistic because they wanted Steve Wilkes, but it's even more optimistic because they got Bryce Young. But the rest of these teams out here, you know, like, man, they, they, they want some success. So if you're not going to give them success, then they gonna, some heads going to have to roll, man. The nonsense. Thank you very much for the $2. Said, TJ always telling me to miss me, to miss him. Yeah, miss me with the nonsense. Not going to happen. Not going to happen, man. Not going to happen if Dennis Allen don't get the job done. They're not making the playoffs. Uh, even if Dennis Allen makes the playoffs and lose, he could, uh, he should get fired. I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because the thing about it is it would actually give him an opportunity to go into a third year, right? Like, like, because you're better than you were last year. You got better, right? And I assume, like, it was an outlier last year, how trash this division was and somebody just didn't separate. But more than likely, if you make the playoffs, you're going to be a double-digit win team. So by the Saints being a double-digit win team, you know, hypothetically speaking, he deserves to have another opportunity. I just want to see better results than I did last year. I want to see better situational football than what I seen last year. I want to see better coaching and, and crucial situations than what I seen last year. If he can actually do some of those things, then, I mean, I'd, I'd be in his corner. But I ain't seen that. I seen when the New Orleans Saints go up against a coach that is known for being superior, he just gets outcoached. I mean, they get outcoached. You know, so you got to be up there, man. You got to make the better decisions. Even as Dennis I already read that, uh, our schedule won't be as easy as it seems. These teams will be better than they were last year. I, I said that before. Like, I don't – that's why I said with the disclaimer what the NFL would perceive as an easy schedule, what fans would perceive as a schedule, because if you look at man, we got a Cleveland Browns. Oh man, it, them boys ain't doing that. We got Chicago Bears. Oh man, them boys ain't doing that. That's kind of how we look at it, right? But we know that teams get better every single year, and uh, you know, regardless of what your schedule is and who you're playing, you got to take into account those teams are getting better. TJ, I really think Dennis Allen's uh, coaching staff doesn't really believe in his leadership for real. Well, to me. I don't see why they wouldn't believe him. Like, these are the guys that you appointed. If, look, if I am a coach and I have aspirations of being a defensive coordinator or being a head coach in the future, offensive coordinator, what have you, why would I want to go to a team where I would not be able to exercise my abilities to show the rest of the NFL what I'm made out of in order for me to get a job? Does that make any sense? No. All of the guys that, that have come in, he's hired. So it, it has to come with a handshake deal from the, the employee that you're hired. It's supposed to be instilling the confidence that you're going to put me in the right position to be able to uh, do my job effectively and me as an employee to believe that you'll be able to take me where I need to go. You know, it's supposed to be an exchange like that. So wouldn't be a smart decision, Right. Wouldn't be a very smart decision if you just go out here and, you know, just go for any job that's open. He hired those guys. And also, by interviewing these guys, you're saying this is the right guy for the job. That's what you're saying. You're saying this is the guy that I feel can help this team win, can coach the coach these players up and get the best out of. So if it don't pan out, then guess what? That's your decision. So when we start talking about Pete Carmichael and how Pete Carmichael, oh, what are you doing in this game right here? Well, you had an opportunity to move on from him, but you decided to retain him. So the way I'm looking at it, I'm not, I'm, look, I'm questioning Pete Carmichael if things go awry, but I'm also questioning Dennis Allen. Because if it goes bad, you co-signed on it, Right. You had opportunity to move on, right? You could have got another offensive coordinator. You could have got somebody else that's, that you feel like could have got the best out of it. So if it does not go the way that you want it to go, I'm looking at Dennis Allen because you hired him. You retained him. 
Well, you didn't hire him, you retained him. So TJ Thay for making time and going on the Roar of the Lion UK uh, for their draft stream. It was great to hear your insight, analysis, and views on the Saints top notch. Well, I appreciate it, man. Shouts out to the Roar of the Lions UK. That was a cool experience, man. Uh, Shouts out to those uh, guys across the pond there uh, giving me an opportunity to be on a podcast. It's always fun to, like, go, you know, on different podcasts, but it's extremely special, man, because it just showed, you know, how how far the State of the Saints podcast has come and how far it stretches, man. The, the, the fact that someone from the U.K. checked out the show and, and thought of uh, us, you know, enough to be able to give us an opportunity to come on. So I, I was extremely excited about that, you know, and um, I'm grateful for it. Let's see, D.A. got the staff he wanted and believed it or not. Uh, he has the best quarterback tandem and probably the whole conference. He has less than zero excuses. Yeah, I agree. I, I just feel like it, it's uh, it's crunch time for ODA. I'm not like I said. I'm not wishing him. I'm not wishing him failure. I'm just not like I'm a Saints fan. You know, <laughs> I want them to win. But uh, you know, as as a realist, um, as I, I try to be, um, he got to get it done. He got to get it done. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Ask that you hit the like button on your way out. Ask, you, ask that you subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Make sure that you check out the new website, gumbopotsports.com, the brand new website for the Gumbo Pot Sports podcast and the State of the Saints podcast. There you can uh, read articles about some of the hottest topics in sports. Also, you're going to uh, read some articles about the New Orleans Saints for all the Saints fans out there. And you'll be able to get access to both the Gumbo Pie Sports podcast and the State of the Saints podcast in audio form. And uh, probably um, in the next couple of weeks, probably going to be posting some clips and some videos, going to add that section to it. Uh, it's in an infancy right now. So if it's a little bit uh, wonky, you know, like a little weird right now, you know what I'm saying? I'm still going through the uh, little steps and stuff like that. So I'm asking you all to bear with me. But in the meantime, make sure that you check out the articles, um, put out an article today uh, about Isaiah Fowski being a possible successor to Cam Jordan. And also uh, put an article out about Anthony Richardson and um, him impressing the Indianapolis Colts organization in his first day of practice. So once again, gumbopodsports.com is the place to go. Also, speaking of Gumbo Pod, make sure you subscribe to that channel as well. YouTube.com, search Gumbo Pod Sports Podcast. Previous episodes of both podcasts available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, and also a part of Megaphone FM. Once again, want to thank Mr. Emery Hunt from CBS Sports HQ for stopping by. If you came in a little bit late, I ask you to be kind, rewind, check out the interview between me and Emery Hunt. Great stuff, great analysis as always. Shouts out to the brother, always very candid with his time. And uh, thank him for being a part of the podcast. And thank you as well. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? Hey, don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good.